Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Monday, September 20th. Mark, you know, sometimes I listen to the shows as I walk the dogs, and I realize that you allowed your voice to be heard last week on this show, which you don't often do. I'm happy to have your voice in. I think you're great. And so do all of our listeners, because actually I was talking to somebody and they're like, oh, Mark was on the air last week. And then I said, oh, well, you have to listen to the other podcast to really hear him on the air and let it rip. That said, if you want to come on our air with us, all you need to do is send us a note. Send us your financial question. Just go to the website, jillandmoney.com, bookmark that site while you're there, and there's a contact button, and you'll be able to send us your question. And when you send that question, if you wouldn't mind, just let us know, would you like to join us? And Mark does everything else, because that's what he does so well, everything else. So today we are going to speak with Jake from Pennsylvania. Hello, Jake. How are you and what can we do for you? I'm doing fine. Thanks so much for all you're doing for all of us and and for taking my question in particular. I am just kind of looking ahead and trying to demystify a few things that um, will be happening in the next few years. My wife and I are 57 and we're hoping to uh, have options in two to three years where we either stop working altogether or maybe scale down. And a couple of the things that I'm trying to get a grasp on is how will we handle health insurance as early retirees, as well as looking at how we might best um, use our retirement assets to support this early retirement. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that that's a real important issue. And, you know, there was some talk around some of the, um, the plans that were coming out from the government about how we should try to expand Medicare eligibility to people who are over 60 rather than 65, but that hasn't happened. So um, let's talk a little bit about the situation you're in as you contemplate retirement in a couple of years. So Tell us a little bit about what's up. In other words, how much money do you make now? How much money do you think you're going to need? And how much money have you saved? So let's start with how much do you earn now between the two of you? So uh, right now, my wife is working and I am not. Um, her salary is uh, 90000 She has opportunity for bonus. Uh, I am looking for work at the moment, actually trying to find uh, meaningful part-time work. That would be my preference early days on that. If you look at her $90,000 actual salary, can you pay your bills based on that amount of money? 
Yes, we can. Um, we're also we're doing that, and also uh, able to continue to make uh, retirement contributions. Um, we occasionally do have to dip a little bit into our um, uh, emergency slash reserves fund to pay some bills, but that's really only because we are continuing to fully fund her Roth 401k and our Roth IRAs, uh, respectively, during this period of uh, single income. Okay, so let's talk about some of those um, assets right now. So your retirement assets are totaled about how much? So between the two of us, we've got uh, about $2.4 million. And the way that breaks down is $1.4 million is in tax-deferred funds and uh, $1 million in various Roth accounts. How much is in that emergency reserve fund right now? 120000 And uh, you own your home? We do. And uh, we have no mortgage, no debt. Do you have a sense uh, right now that what, what it would take for you to actually just pay your general bills? And you said you're contributing out of that 90000 You pay the tax that's due. You, you make contributions to your retirement accounts. But do you know what your actual nut is? Is it something like 50 or 60 grand a year? Is that, what is it, do you think? I do know. Um, and uh, it's been interesting because the pandemic has certainly affected that. So I kind of look at it in more than with more than one lens because life as it is now will hopefully not be what life is uh, in the near future. So pre-pandemic, we spent about 60000 per year and uh, we're spending at about 48000 during the pandemic. So um, when I've looked forward at retirement years, I'm kind of thinking that we'll need around 72,000 um, net income to support some of the things we want to do, such as travel. Will either of you be entitled to a pension? My wife will. She has to begin taking at age 65, and that's our plan, and that would be about 26,000 per year, and I'm quite certain it's not adjusted for inflation. But still nice, right? It is, yeah. It's definitely a benefit from a job that she had for a really long time, and uh Hannah kind of suffered through some of that. So she left with something good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting, though. Like, if you think about this, if you look at, say, age 65, you'll have the pension and then you'll have both have Social Security. Yeah. Um, our plan with that is to defer to age 70 to maximize that benefit. So we kind of have these interesting periods of pre-65 and, and then between 65 and 70 and then, you know, 72 with RMD. So various stages with both income and um, other requirements. Have you, you sound like you're the kind of guy who's run all of your numbers. So I'm, I'm just guessing that the retirement numbers look fine, correct? Yeah, I've run them. And then also we do have an advisor. My career was in nonprofits and I was fortunate with uh, three employers over about 28 years to have TIAA as my uh, retirement plan. So mm -hmm. we continue to work with a TIAA advisor. And according to them, in addition to my own analysis, the numbers do look good from a retirement perspective. So let's talk about these, these different chunks of time. Essentially, 59 and a half, you both are going to call it quits. Is that about, is that right? Or do you think you'll have some income? I'm just trying to look at this period between, say, 60 and 65, the income that is coming in, will there be any income between 60 and 65? Yeah, I'm going with the model of no. Um, if that changes, if there's some kind of part-time income, fine, but I'd rather go with the uh, the most 
demanding of uh, situations. And is it your intention to take the money out of the traditional, the, what's now $1.4 million of tradition? You're going to pull money out of there, that account uh, or those accounts rather in order to get that 70 grand that you need? Yes. Okay. Why am I asking all these annoying questions? Because um, I am trying to figure out if you go into the Affordable Care Act, which is, you know, what I think most people would be looking to do. Obviously, it's sort of like the, I don't know, maybe the the lowest bar of entry. And then I'm also trying to see what is the amount of money you have to earn that entitles you to some premium adjustments or credits. And it does appear to me that if you guys are making income of, I don't know, let's call it, you, let's say you pull the money out and it's 80000 or $77,000, it looks to me like the maximum that you would be paying for your health care coverage, this is, this is for a family of four, but I think that, you know, essentially for a couple, it would be about right. I think the most you end up paying is, let's say, seventy five hundred, eight grand for this. Maybe it'll be 10000 if you want to, uh, like, the super duper plan. So when you told me net income of 72000 were you including an extra ten grand for the cost of health care? I was not. So I think that what you need to do is just make that adjustment in your head, mm-hmm. you know, And I think that is going to be, I mean, unless you can buy, I mean, so a couple of things, obviously, if you can keep working and have access to healthcare in some way, shape or form, even if it's like some part time, that would help. But you can see that this starts to really change the calculus. Before the pandemic, you were paying 60. Now, why does it go up to buy an extra thousand dollars a month? Because of what? Travel. But before the pandemic, when you said you weren't doing any traveling? Uh, No, we were doing some traveling before the pandemic. Uh, since the pan- pandemic, we really haven't done No, it. but I guess I'm wondering why the number jumped. I mean, that's a, you know, 60 to 72 is like a real number. It's like mm-hmm. a real extra thousand dollars a month, right? And right. The, my question really is, I guess, are you sure that that's accurate? No, it, it is speculative, um, mm-hmm. but it's kind of based on an ideal and, you know, being able to kind of travel more and as we wish. So I thought I should budget rather mm. uh, liberally for that. Well, I mean, look, there's a couple of things. I think you can probably do this. You're going to drain some money out of your accounts for five years. And it's like real money because you're going to yeah. end up having to take out of these traditional accounts. You're going to have to t- take like a hundred grand out in right. order to net what you need. Probably a little more even because you're going to have to pay for your trips and pay for your life. And you're going to have to also pay for your health insurance, Right. So you're going to be taking out just, you know, off the top of your head. Just think about this for, you know, those five years, a hundred grand at least out of the 1.4 that's in traditional. So a couple of things, implications there. One is that you have to have the money invested or you have to have that money that you need for each year in cash because you can't afford to be playing around with where the market is. So whatever the number is we we kind of come up with, maybe it's 110, maybe it's 100, whatever, you're going to have to have that money set aside. And the rest of the portfolio for those five years, it can't be so aggressive. You can take some risk in the Roths, but not in the traditional. Because you're only a couple of years away, 
I'm not entirely sure you need to be making all these retirement contributions right now. And to some extent, I think it would probably be better for you to beef up your emergency reserve. Assuming you make no income, I think you're going to want a larger emergency reserve fund. And then, you know, once you get to 65, you know, obviously you go on Medicare and you have the pension income, so you don't need to take so much money out. But again, I would like you guys to be focusing on pulling money out of the traditional accounts because you'll be in a low tax bracket and you're not going to be claiming Social Security yet. And we do want to drive down your required minimum distributions as much as possible as you start claiming Social Security at age 70. Yeah, that that's in alignment with probably the top uh, scenario and plan that I'd kind of figured out for myself. And my calculus showed that I need 110 grand annually for that period from the pre-tax money to get to a 72,000 net for spending. And it includes the cost of healthcare at essentially full market price. Right. So, I mean, look, I think it, it, it's you can do it. I'm going to ask a dumb question. Is she miserable at work? No, no, she was. She's in a good job now. So why is she <laughs> going to quit in two years? Uh, well, it, you know, it's not a certainty, but it's we're tr- we've been trying to set ourselves up for options. Um, okay, I like options, but I don't like that we have to like set something up and be like, okay, we have to now implement the plan. Every year she continues to work is a year that you don't have to pay for health insurance. Exactly. And one other thought I had um, more recently was even when she does quit, we may look at what's the cost of COBRA for the first 18 months Mm -hmm. um, because that may be competitive and it's a really good plan. So that might be a way to kind of stretch that period where we're um, uh, able to have good health insurance and and maybe at a, a more reasonable cost. Yeah, you know, it's a funny balancing act that you're in right now because, exactly. it, you know, I kind of want to limit the required minimum distri- distribution. On the other hand, it would be great if you could actually qualify for a tax credit associated with the Affordable Care Act. And we just, you know, we just don't know. I mean, I, I guess that there's, we have to be flexible on that, but that's the balancing act. I think, you know, you know, in your head, you probably know that, but I think that that's really what you got to balance. And more often than not, at least from, you know, boring old Jill's perspective, the longer you work, the better the plan is. And if, as long as, you know, you or, or, you know, your wife, as long as you are modestly happy in what you're doing and maybe you will get part-time, gosh, I mean, it really is tough to go from 90 grand to zero. It is. And you're putting a little bit more pressure on yourselves maybe than you need. Yeah, I like one of the ideas you brought up was of maybe uh, at present, rather than putting as much as we are into these different Roth buckets to maybe beef up cash reserves. Yeah. Uh, an alternative to that, uh, well, you'll probably say this is not wise because of the risk is to also consider a taxable brokerage account. I would do a taxable brokerage account if you guys like talked about this call and said, you know what, it's not 60, it's 62. Mm-hmm. If you give me a few more years, then absolutely agree. Then, Then I think taking on a little bit more risk makes sense. But if it's really two years, if it's the real two years, then it's cash. I love that you want options. I really do. And and I've said this many times on this program because I am in my 50s, a little bit younger, tiny bit younger than you. 
and I hear you talk about this, it, it you know, it triggers me to think like, oh my God, like, because I would freak out if I didn't have income. Now, you know, I don't want to put that on you, but the idea that you're happy or one of you is happy doing what you're doing and to give it up seems like maybe not the wisest idea, although I love the idea that you want options. So I want the option to call it quits all the time, but I never want to take advantage of that option. (laughs) I never want to exercise my options, as we said in the old derivatives world. Jake in Pennsylvania, is there anything else that we can help you with? No, you uh, you divined everything that I'd hoped we would uh, come out come out of this conversation. So thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. <laughs> well, we really want to thank you so much for joining us and for everyone listening. You know, if you want to run some scenarios by us, just know that I'm going to be biased towards continuing to work unless you're miserable. And and frankly, if you really are thinking about this more as optionality, that's great. We want to. We want you to have options. That that's terrific. We we love the idea, of the financial independence new endeavor. I do love that. So if you want to run your ideas past us, and doesn't matter how old you are, it could be young, it could be old, wherever you are in your career, just give us a shout. Go to JillOnMoney.com, hit the contact button, and also of course let us know if you'd like to join us on the air while you're on the website. Why don't you subscribe or follow us with our other program? It's called Eye on Money. And we always want to remind you, starting the week off here on a Monday, to put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Everyone's struggling through something. So pick someone out in your life, do something nice, and just do that because it's going to make that person feel really good. It's going to make you feel really good. Grit, growth, grace. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 